This is the Biblical Unitarian Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome again to the Biblical Unitarian Podcast. This is episode 92, entitled, Did Paul Think That the Risen Jesus Was a Heavenly Angel? Part 2 of 2. If you're new to the Biblical Unitarian Podcast, you should know that it is the podcast that aims to start conversations about the oneness and unity of God and about the humanity of Jesus. Thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Dustin Smith. As always, I am your host. Our last episode focused on asking the question of whether the Apostle Paul thought that the risen and exalted Jesus was actually a heavenly angel, perhaps even an archangel. We discovered that Paul's regular practice was to distinguish Jesus from the angels, rather than confuse the two. Furthermore, we noted that the nature of Jesus' exaltation, according to Paul, was that of a high promotion in the midst of his humanity, rather than being transformed into one of the members of the angelic host. However, there are millions of Christians living today who are convinced that the risen Jesus is, in fact, an angel. And these believers, furthermore, make the arguments for this particular theology from the letters of Paul. This episode of the Biblical Unitarian Podcast will examine the passages used within Paul to argue that Jesus is indeed a heavenly angel, even an archangel. Could it be that I have been mistaken on Paul's Christology? Is it possible that Jesus, according to Paul, is no longer a human being, but has been transformed into a heavenly angel? I've certainly been mistaken before, And Paul is certainly difficult to understand in some places. So I'm willing to give a fair hearing to alternate interpretations of passages within the Pauline corpus. This episode will focus on two passages in Paul. Galatians chapter 4 and verse 14 and 1 Thessalonians 1.16 to consider the merits of their supposed angelic Christology. Have I overlooked critical evidence that indicates that Paul really taught his churches that the risen Jesus is actually an angel from heaven? Let's find out on this episode of the Biblical Unitarian Podcast. Our first passage that we are going to look at today is Galatians chapter 4 and verse 14. I'm going to get some context by reading the previous verse. We'll be reading Galatians 4, 13 through 14. Paul says, But you know that it was because of a bodily illness that I preached the gospel to you the first time, and that which was a trial to you in my bodily condition, you did not despise or loathe, but you received me as an angel of God, as Christ Jesus himself. That is Galatians 4, verses 13 through 14. It has been suggested by modern-day Jehovah's Witnesses, Arian apologists, 
and even notable textual critic Bart Ehrman, that this passage demonstrates that Paul regarded the risen Jesus as an angel of God. The argument typically goes like this. The Galatians found Paul in his broken condition and received him with hospitality as if they were receiving an angel of God, that is, Christ Jesus himself. For these interpreters, Paul is further defining the phrase angel of God in Galatians 4.14 as Christ Jesus himself, thus making Jesus a heavenly angel. Now, the grammatical evidence is actually ambiguous at best. One cannot prove that Paul was without question describing Jesus as an angel in this passage. It can be read that way, but is that the best reading of Galatians 4.14 within the entirety of the scope of Paul's theology? Let's look at some other considerations. When Paul does comment on the person of Jesus, he does so by defining Jesus as a man, as a member of the human race. Consider these examples. This example from the first three verses of Romans, where Paul says, Paul, a bondservant of Christ Jesus, called as an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures concerning his son, who was born of a descendant of David, according to the flesh. That's Romans 1, verses 1 through 3, where Jesus was a descendant of David. Later in Romans, in Romans chapter 5 and verse 15, Paul calls Jesus, quote, the one man, Jesus Christ, end quote. That's Romans 5.15. In 1 Corinthians 15, Paul calls Jesus the last Adam, the last human being, in 1 Corinthians 15.45. Two verses later, in chapter 15.47, Paul calls Jesus the second man, or the second human being. Again, that's 1 Corinthians 15.47. And then we can see the Pauline theology most explicitly in 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 5, where Jesus is described as, quote, the man Christ Jesus, end quote. In 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 8, we have much of the same as what we saw in Romans chapter 1, where Jesus is described as Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, descendant of David. That's 2 Timothy 2 and verse 8. It would seem odd, to say the least, that Paul would contradict what he has plainly said about the humanity of the risen Jesus in such a casual way in Galatians chapter 4 and verse 14, if Paul is really saying there that an angel of God is Christ Jesus himself. I don't know about you, but I'm not initially buying it. It is not altogether clear that the phrase in Galatians 4.14, angel of God, refers to a heavenly angel. We've demonstrated before that the Greek noun angelos is actually ambiguous. It could refer to a heavenly angel. Yes, that's true. 
but it could also refer to a human messenger. And there are some places within the scriptures to where it's actually difficult to discern whether it is an angel from heaven or if it is a human messenger. Most of the time it's pretty clear within the context, but sometimes the evidence could go either way. So I want to ask that question in this passage. Is it possible that Paul is describing Jesus as a human messenger here and that he never intended to use the phrase angelic messenger? Paul is quite capable of using the Greek noun angelos, which gets translated as angel, to refer to a human messenger. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 10, Paul says, Therefore, the woman ought to have a symbol of authority on her head because of the messengers. That's 1 Corinthians 11 and verse 10, where Paul is concerned about the messengers there within Corinth that might have some bad things to say about women within the church. And so he tells the women to cover their heads in a very particular way. But it seems there that the best reading of that passage is that angelos refers to human messengers. It doesn't make much sense with the angelic messengers from heaven. So it is possible that Paul could, in Galatians 4.14, be referring to a human messenger. That's just a possibility I wanted to kind of put on the table. Of course, that only is going to be pertinent to the conversation if Paul is indeed equating the last two phrases angel of God and Christ Jesus. Let's look at some other considerations. We need to think critically about how Paul uses the phrase at the end of Galatians 4.14, Christ Jesus. Why would Paul emphasize Christ Jesus using the given human name of the Messiah if he was really trying to argue that the Messiah was a non-human heavenly angel. In other words, why would you try to make the argument that Jesus is really an angel from heaven by describing him with his human name? It seems to be a rather strange way of making that argument. Furthermore, for those who insist that the risen Jesus is actually Michael, the archangel, why did Paul still regard him with the human named Jesus. It seems inconsistent to suggest that Paul is arguing that Jesus is really an angel from heaven while continuing to depict him in human terms that were familiar to his audience. Anybody reading the gospel accounts where Jesus within his earthly ministry is described regularly with his given human name, Jesus and where Paul also uses that name for the designation of the risen and exalted Lord Messiah. It is also important to note how Paul has argued in the letter of Galatians itself with an escalating view of authority. That's very important. Paul uses, at times, an escalating view of authority. I'll give you an example. In Galatians chapter 1 and verse 8, Paul warns the believers in Galatia that anyone who teaches a contrary gospel message is cursed by God. In doing so, Paul describes possible persons who might be spreading this false message. 
and Paul does so with an escalating view of authority. Note how Galatians chapter 1 and verse 8 unfolds. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we preach to you, he is to be accursed. That's Galatians 1 verse 8. So we can see there, there is an escalating view of authority. Paul says, even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we have preached to you. He's not just listing two possible examples. He's listing them in a way that has an escalating view of authority to make the point that if anybody, no matter how high and exalted that they are, should be preaching a different gospel than the Pauline gospel, they are to be cursed by God. But there we have the escalating view of authority within the apostles, and then it escalates up to an angel from heaven. We can see the very same escalating view of authority within our current passage of Galatians 4.14, where Paul says, You received me as an angel of God, as Christ Jesus. Seems likely there that the same escalating view of authority is that Paul is describing two different parties, an angel of God, and then one who is escalated above that in authority, namely Christ Jesus. So the argument there is that it seems that Paul is distinguishing an angel of God and Christ Jesus because of his notable practice of describing multiple persons and making an argument with an escalating view of authority rather than to suggest that the two parties are actually one and the same. In sum, it is highly unlikely that Paul intended to define Christ Jesus as a heavenly angel in Galatians 4.14. He plainly states in a variety of his other letters that Jesus is a human being, the descendant of David, the last Adam. Paul's theology continued to be expressed within the designation that Jesus was the mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. The risen Lord maintains his human name, Jesus. Furthermore, the evidence in Galatians itself suggests that Paul uses an argument where he makes a point by escalating his examples, indicating that the believers in Galatia received him as if he was an angel of God, or even if they received someone like Jesus. It is not hard to agree with the unanimous voice of modern Galatians commentators that Jesus is not defined here as a heavenly angel. Let's look at our next passage, point number two today, which is looking at 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 16. This is another passage that is commonly used by those who want to suggest that Paul taught that Jesus in his risen form was actually a heavenly angel, specifically an archangel. 1 Thessalonians 4.16 says, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. That's 1 Thessalonians 4.16. 
This is another passage that is put forward to argue that since Jesus descends from heaven with the voice of the archangel, then surely he must be an archangel, presumably Michael the archangel. This is a primary argument of Jehovah's Witnesses and XJWs who still hold to an Arian Christology. I do not think that Paul intended to portray the risen Jesus as an archangel in this passage for a variety of reasons. I don't even think that this passage is ambiguous. I think you could make a stronger argument with Galatians 4.14, but I don't think the argument is very strong here in 1 Thessalonians 4.16. Let's look at some of those reasons. The return of Jesus is accompanied, according to 1 Thessalonians 4.16, with three military sounds. Each is introduced with the Greek preposition in, specifically what grammarians call the instrumental in. The verse would be broken down as follows. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven, and then it gives three examples, with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God. Each of those three has the instrumental preposition in. So we have Jesus descending, and then you have three examples, with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God. Three examples, all using the same grammatical construction. Now, within Second Temple Judaism, which is the context out of which First Thessalonians came to be written, there were multiple archangels, not just one. The NESB, as I've quoted it, makes it sound as if it is the archangel, as if there is only one. When it says that Jesus will descend from heaven with the voice of the archangel, but actually, there are as many as seven archangels within Second Temple Judaism. Even Daniel chapter 10 and verse 13 describes Michael as, quote, one of the chief princes. Not the chief prince, but one of the chief princes. There are seven top dog angels known as Uriel, Raphael, Raguel, Serial, Gabriel, Rimiel, and Michael. And they are listed together in a variety of Second Temple Jewish text. First Enoch chapter 20, verses 1 through 7, lists these seven and calls them archangels in the Greek text. And that same noun, archangeli, is used in 1 Thessalonians 4.16. In short, while Jesus descends in the company of an archangel's voice, it is not altogether clear to which archangel Paul is referring. And we should not conclude that there is only one archangel within the realm of possibilities of the context of Second Temple Judaism and what Paul is saying. Again, it needs to be pointed out that Paul's regular depiction of Jesus is that of a human being, a man. I won't read the passages that I quoted earlier in the discussion of Galatians 4.14, but the references to Jesus being a human being in the theology of Paul are, again, 
Romans 1, verses 1 through 3, Romans 5, 15, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 45, verse 47, 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 5, and 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 8. It is not surprising that the return of Jesus is accompanied by an archangel's shout. That is something that is distinct from the Lord Jesus. Since Jesus' return is depicted by Paul as coming with many other angels. This is something that Paul talks about in his letters. It was already referred to earlier in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 13, where Paul says, So that he may establish your hearts without blame in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his holy ones. That's 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 13, where the parousia, the second coming of Jesus, is described as being accompanied with his holy ones, almost certainly referring to the holy angels. And then in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, we have much of the same, where Paul says, When the Lord Jesus will be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels, in flaming fire, dealing out retribution to those who do not know God and to those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. These will pay the penalty of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power when he comes to be glorified in his holy ones on that day. That's Second Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 7 through 10, where there Jesus comes with his mighty angels, and they are described later in verse 10 as his holy ones. So if Paul regularly describes the return of Jesus as being accompanied by angels, it's not surprising that the return of Jesus will be accompanied with the voice of an archangel. It seems that the most natural reading of 1 Thessalonians 4.16 has Paul telling of the return of of the risen and exalted Jesus from heaven, accompanied by a shout, a trumpet, and an archangel's voice. To suggest that Jesus actually is an archangel would be strange because the same construction is used of the shout and of the trumpet, and nobody in their right mind thinks that Jesus is a trumpet. Nothing in the grammar points to the suggestion that the archangel's voice is Jesus' own voice, thus making Jesus into a non-human angel. The most natural reading of the passage, the plain reading of the passage, has Jesus returning accompanied by a shout, a trumpet, and an archangel's voice. In conclusion, we have observed that the attempts to suggest that Paul taught his churches that the risen and exalted Jesus was actually a heavenly angel, perhaps even an archangel, do not appear to be convincing. Such attempts appear to be accompanied by an agenda to fit one's theology. Paul and his enduring theology have maintained that Jesus was a human being both during his ministry and after his resurrection. As a descendant of David, he is naturally a member of the human race, not an angel from heaven. 
it is equally unlikely that Jesus was the same person as Michael the Archangel. Paul consistently regards the risen Christ with his given human name, Jesus. He is never called Michael, not once. It seems like a safe bet to stick with the plain reading of 1 Timothy 2.5, where the current mediator between God and men is the, quote, man Christ Jesus, end quote. Our next episode, will look at the rest of the New Testament to see how they might answer the question as to whether Jesus is a heavenly angel, looking prominently at Hebrews and the book of Revelation. Be sure to subscribe so you do get notifications when that episode and others are to be released, and so you can check out many of our previous episodes on a variety of Christological and Unitarian topics. Thank you so much for joining us today at the Biblical Unitarian Podcast. My name is Dustin Smith. Until next time, you folks take care.